Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Husky Fan <laughs> Podcast. This is two in a week. Uh, Jimmy the Gent was just so eager to podcast again that I, I couldn't say no. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what, uh, what... I mean, nothing's changed with me, but I don't know about you. Something's clearly changed. Well, you know, there's a couple things wanted to address thinking through what we're witnessing through the season thus far it, it's it's officially duke time we are gonna go full duke it is uh it's undeniable that <laughs> husky fever is is taking hold uh you know there there's a couple items i wanted to to talk about one one i had talked to was about the crowd and in, in comparing the crowd to other seasons, sorry about that. Um, no, you're you're good. So I was thinking a little bit where you know in past years the crowd loved great defense, right? The big hits, uh, which we saw Fowler on the uh, special teams crush the guy. He had the Mish Powell tackle early in the game inside the five when he blew up that guy. Uh, to me, um, that was the loudest. The Mish Powell, that was the loudest moment of the entire game. I could be wrong, and we'll, you know, I don't know if us if the Washington will release the data from the game. But to me, that I I don't mean to sidetrack you, but I just had to yeah. mention that before we got on. I felt that was when Mish Powell hit. I thought the crowd just absolutely exploded. And you, you know, in pa- when we talk about the past year defenses, like the crowd would just feed off just great defense. And obviously, the game's changed a little bit. You know, Oregon was doing a lot of. Ep- up tempo late and it's just getting the ball out quickly it's just hard to manufacture those big hits so i was thinking back you know the crowd would just get behind just you know that ferocious defense and you know if years pass so there were some sometimes it when you don't have those big hits and those you know those really exciting moments from the defense sometimes you know the crowd has to get re-energized on its own from not, you know, getting those big plays from defensively. But yeah, to your point, like Misha's hit, I, I, the stadium exploded and on El Fosho sack too. And then that gets the crowd jacked, you know, to keep going, you know, for the next down. Yeah. Um, yeah. According yeah. yeah. According to sub K, you said the four loudest moments were the Mish Powell hit the fourth down stop the touchdown pass to Rome and then the field goal miss. Yeah. He, he's um, saying like 129.6 to 129.9 were the decibel readings. I don't know if, you know I mean? I don't know if that's official or not, but you know, it very well could be. Well, and we were talking about, did we think someone asked a question where we're going to break the decibel record? And I said, no, because just because of the sheer amount of fans in the yeah, past, you're, you're, you're a fans. very yeah, you're a very intelligent fan. <laughs> no, I'm I'm serious. I'm serious. That's because yeah. that's a point that nobody made. Other people were like saying we could break the record, but your no, your your point was dead on. And uh, you know, Dennis DeYoung's grave uh, whispered, or I went to it and asked it, and uh, it I. The info that I got was the de- this defense is just not good enough. Like if you look at all the other defense, well, the 2000 defense um, was not you know what we had in the early 90s, but you still had. I mean that Miami game, you still had some huge defensive plays. Like you had a huge hit on a like a a, tur- uh, a punt return. There was a fumble. Yep. There was also a sack and a fu- so. But you didn't. Anthony Von Tour. Anthony yeah, Von Tour had a yeah. huge hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and, but this, this, and, and the way Oregon was playing the game, um, you know, they were, they were able to run for, you know, basically five yards almost every time. And they went, when Bo Nix was passing, it was basically sideways shit, you know, and th- there weren't dropbacks where he was taking his time. Right. No, they were getting the ball quick. They were, they weren't, uh, you know, they just didn't give the defense any time to get in the backfield. But we weren't getting a ton of push either uh, right. for, but, you know, stretches of the game. Yeah, but he, even with that, I still think the crowd was probably louder than 2016 Stanford. 
I, you know, I, I was thinking back to that game. I remember it just being insanely loud, but there was probably moments where, yeah, it was louder than that game. And to your point about the 2000 defense, you know, they weren't, they weren't the most talented, like, but they were, but you had, you know, you had Daryl Daniels and you had Akbar. Like Daniels was this tackling machine. You just had the lunch pail defense with that, with that team. Uh, I, I feel like with this defense, like they've been opportunistic. Clearly, uh, we have deficiencies. But to, <laughs> De- Dennis DeYoung, when you say he doesn't feel like defense is just good enough, what does he mean? Well, he just met in terms of the crowd noise. I mean, just talking about oh. the crowd. Yeah, got it. I understand. I mean, yeah. at after the first couple of weeks, he said this was basically a better version of the 2000 team, which I don't Understood. know. I, I think yeah. at that point that might be underselling it. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to pull up because I know that. Um, I'm trying to pull it up because I know Bill Connolly. He did the SP plus for. He has it for. Um. Okay. Here, here. I think I found it. He has it for all these past seasons. So I think, I think I'll tell you in the 2000 season what our defense was ranked. Number 25. Okay, and we're sitting in, right in now. S and P plus. Yeah. yeah, right now, right now, I think we're 28 in S and P plus and 28 in FEI. I think FEI is better because FEI is more about like scoring efficiency, whereas S and P is a little more weighted to yards and explosion. Uh, but both of them, ha- I, th- I I think they're both at 28 right now for the current defense. But And this is, and I want to go into this more, but not to get too off topic. The defense was number 33 going into this game. So it's, it's opponent adjusted. So that tells you how the defense played. And I mean, kudos to some of the pundits who are saying, I mean, I was listening to as much as, as many things as I could, uh, you know, find just national opinions about the game and, a lot of them were saying, yeah, I mean, Washington doesn't have a great defense, but, you know, it was it was good. You know, they made the stops when they had to. And kudos to that and not just, you know, oh, well, they're giving, you know, they gave up 500 yards because the game is so much different, right. as you know. And and that and that that just that FEI that perfectly illustrates it. We were 33 before the game and I just assumed, OK, we're probably going to fall back even in the opponent adjusted. But no. We went up five spots to twenty-eight uh, because we, you know, we play. Even though I, I don't think Oregon has a national championship caliber offense, um, because good, like really good defenses will shut that down, um, or at least you know really limit it more so than our defense can. But there's, of course, there's not that many uh, of those defenses out there. Um, you know, maybe Utah could be one of them. But anyway, I uh, yeah, I just I was babbling on. I forgot my thought. Um, I guess, well, the, the point is Oregon, they legit had a top 10 offense and all these metrics and the defense based on what they did, they still did a good enough job to improve its, uh, their rating five spots, to number 28. And that's with, you know, Thule and Tulatele, you know, not a full strength. And we saw it like even, I mean, I'm really surprised that Oregon didn't try to go after Elijah Jackson more than they did because Elijah was lined up against Franklin a fair bit. I was hoping Muhammad was going to just shadow him the entire game, but that did not happen. Um, but I, I just feel like this defense, they have to have built some confidence to, I think, yeah, even if you look at the yardage, the game's totally changed, but they're so opportunistic. They had the fourth down stops and, you know, I've been tracking some of the, you know, the talking heads, so to speak, after this game. And a lot of people just felt like Oregon was tougher coming in this game. That, you know, they were, like you said, more the more of a complete team. But I, I really feel like, imagine this team with Peterson as the coach. I think they lose this game under Peterson. And I know we don't want to get tip for tap but i just feel like the DeBoer mindset um has this team a little bit more aggressive a little bit more um carrying a swagger about themselves they seem a little looser we always felt like the peterson teams were a little tighter uh 
and obviously, you know, you'd also mentioned that Penix or some, so he wanted to sneak it. Is that right? Didn't and like he yeah, had he that mentality. To, yeah, he wanted to sneak it on fourth down. And on that, when Tybo got stuffed, I I noticed that Penix was like hitting his body and looking to the sideline, like that should have been me <laughs> play. So I I think there's like this element where they just let these guys kind of just you know be the. It might be a little bit like the Pete Carroll mentality because like Pete was always big about you know being your own personality, being who you are, and like letting that show through. And I think like there's something about this staff and this team that's pretty unique and we gotta, we gotta soak this season up, man. What if we do find ourselves in a situation, Pac-12 championship playoff run, you're talking about how (laughs) there's going to be a lot of travel ahead. And I'm thinking, how am I going to pull this off? Yeah. yeah, (laughs) No, I've definitely been thinking about that this week. Um. Yeah. There's uh. Yeah. The expenses for this season are starting to add up, and I and even just looking this week, I mean, and I, I want to have really good seats. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Right. You know, I. It's worth it. I mean, this is a season. Um. This is the season to do that. His. We obviously we can't predict. I mean, do we know this will ever happen again? Do you get you know lightning in the bottle with a with a guy like Penix? And when you compare Penix to a lot of the other national quarter, you know all the quarterbacks that get like Drake May and yeah Sam Hartman and obviously Caleb. I mean Caleb Williams is insane. I mean we know he's a super talent, and now he's telling NFL teams he wants a stake in the <laughs> ownership. I mean nut job. Sorry, that's a red flag to me. Yeah, I'm just as as an aside, I'm really interested to see the Utah and USC game this weekend because that's a huge contrast in styles like that to me is going to be a really, really interesting game. Is it at what what time is that game being played? I think it's at five. The five o'clock ABC. I don't know what channel. I mean, either way. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I'm so USC is favored by six and. I, I wow. did hear I I heard I did hear a couple stats which are interesting from both and again stats are not everything but I, I you have to be careful how you interpret them but I did think these two stats were interesting for both teams USC is like number one twenty five in defending explosive plays and Utah one twenty five yeah and Utah is like on offense they have they're like number one twenty in offensive explosive wow. plays wow and and I thought to myself like. Geez, I don't want to be arrogant, but like we're they're not going to lose to those fucking teams. Like I'm, I'm sorry. Like you, you, and I. You were talking about the crowd. Like I think the, I think this because some people were saying, you know, it's like a Trump that lots of many people were saying, you know, many people <laughs> just imagine me moving my hands, you know, to the side, yeah. back and forth yeah. like an accordion. But but um, even you know, even Husky fans were saying. Um, you know, the self-hating ones were saying, oh, well, you know, it's not going to be that noise. Nobody will be there the next week. I completely disagree with that notion. I think a lot of people are going to jump on the bandwagon. And I, I think that the crowd will be pretty, pretty damn good this week. I hope so. And like we're saying, and like, I think, what do you and have I think, to do? What do you have to do? Being 11-0, 17-2 yeah. under what, what more do you need for bandwagon people? Exactly. But I, you know, I, assuming we win these games that we beat USC and then we have, you know, after that we have Utah at home. I mean, I, I think the crowd, you know, it won't be as insane as it was last week, but I think if, you know, that comes to pass, you could get a really, really good crowd game for the Utah game. And that'll uh, yeah, be a, phys- I think that'll Utah, be a, yeah. that'll be a, I mean, that'll be a very physical game, but I think the the crowd will give us a big lift that game. I, yeah, I would. I anticipate a full stadium for Utah. Uh, I mean, they're that. What are they back to back Pac-12 champions? <laughs> yes. I mean, they are. They, you know, they're they're technically the champs, right? I mean, two time defending they might, champs. They're the defending champs, and you know, obviously, they don't have like the swag of UW and Oregon and USC this year, and partly that's because you know they don't have an explosive offense, and they don't have. Everyone just, you know, just loves to talk about 
Ham Rising like he's the best thing that's ever happened to college football. But I mean, he's good. But I, you know, he's he's not he's not Penix good. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and Utah, Utah is interesting because they they have this game against USC. If they beat this game, they get Oregon at home the next week. Wow, so we're going to find out a lot about Utah and USC as well, for in sure, couple, it, in the next couple of weeks. But I, just to go, but like when you're when both those teams have that big of a weakness, like I'm sorry, but like you're not going to beat a top five team like Washington right. when you have that big of a weakness. A grant, you know, maybe we could have a few more injuries and, you know, USC has talent. And, but at, at this point, the way I'm looking at that, you know, those are some pretty big, those are some pretty big issues. Oh, certainly. Yeah. And obviously uh, health will be important for our team, but yeah, I think to your point that the lift will be huge of the crowds, you know, lifting the team against Utah will be huge. And though I, we can't have Knicks in the same conversation as Penix. Yeah, it's just, just I, yeah, it's just ridiculous. I've read some articles too, like where, you know, Knicks being an NFL guy and Penix, the, him both being day two guys, which, you know, whatever. They, they have a number of quarterbacks ahead of Penix, but any NFL team, well, what's the concern with Penix? His knee potentially, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, any NFL team that's interested in Penix, I mean, you're going to get a guy who's committed to the game, loves the game. The guy spins the ball. Unbelievable. I was watching the Notre Dame-USC game on the drive home. I had it on the uh, the, the phone propped up on the dashboard. Nice. The announcers for Notre Dame, total trash. Like, hold Completely insufferable insufferable and they're talking about how sam hartman has the best deep ball in college football and it's like dude shut up no he no he does not i mean it's just some of the nonsense they're saying during that broadcast was absurd and it was the they were the most boring it was jason garrett i don't know who the other guys it was literally the i've never heard a team so boring so lack of days like Oh, great play. Chris Collinsworth's kid. Was he the other guy on there? I don't know. I'm just guessing. Some yeah, I don't think it was him. There. Yeah, no, it wasn't him because you can recognize his voice. But it, it was just horrible. And talking about Hartman's deep ball and how he's the best in the country, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I, I would put Penich's ball, deep ball, against anybody, even Caleb Williams. So, I mean... To your point, this there, there's so much ahead for this team, and you're right. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about Washington's chances. It's just kind of tough, you know. You've got that streak of of some of the better teams that they're going to face at the end of the year, right? Because you got ASU, Stanford, and then you're hitting the basically the trifecta, and then you got the Apple Cup, right? Where you know it's the Cougs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it sets up pretty well, um, and and I agree with you now that Oregon State looks like it'll be the toughest game because you're that that's after Utah. So you're, you're assuming you beat USC, you come home to Utah physical game. The crowd gives you a huge emotional lift and you know, you win that game. You're what? 10 and oh. Yep. And you know, then it's like you beat Oregon, you beat Utah, you beat USC, your Penix as the Heisman wrapped up. Uh, and then you got to go play at Oregon state where, you know, that can be it. And it looks like their offense is playing. Their offense is starting to play a little bit better. Um, you know, DJ, Uwe, Ungale. It's looked like, I mean, Jonathan Smith's a really good coach. Yeah. He knows how to coach offense. Like, they're, they're and they're a physical team. Their defense is, it's clearly worse than last year. But, you know, you never know. I mean, the, their defense will play better at home. You know, the the elements can be a factor. The crowd will be going absolutely insane. Yeah, and, and again, coming off of playing Utah, which is a physical game. Yeah, it's going to be crucial uh, for us to stay healthy. And do we have any status update on McMillan of any kind? Uh, I know it's been a couple of days. Know, not sure. I, I did, you know, an, a legit insider on Dogman said that Thule was 80%, but that he'll probably sit uh, this game. 
he only played 20 plays uh, and he, he said that McMillan will definitely sit the next two weeks. <sighs> yeah. So he'll be out for, oh man. Well, well I mean, they, you just, yeah. they got to, they got to rest up for USC. Maybe even look, maybe, you, you know, depending on how you USC looks, maybe you don't need them for that game. I, I mean, things can change in a couple weeks, but USC to me, I don't know. I, I, they just, no, I, I've told you, I don't, USC is in shambles. That game doesn't, Yeah. even it, when that, people say it's Stanford and the talent they have, I don't know that I feel that way about, about them. I just, I don't feel. I mean, they're like, offensive they're, line. They're, they're, they're not built for this year. There, there's some yeah. things off. Like, would you, you be shocked if, you know, Caleb Williams just like mailed it in and thinking about, because their seasons, you know, it looks like it's crumbling. I mean, right? They only have what one loss, but it was a pounding, and they should have lost to Arizona. Yeah, um, I mean, they, so, they 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 have no losses in league play. Well, that's true, and they, and they have so, so they have Utah at home, they have at Cal, and then they play us. And so, I mean, even even if they just win one of the next two they can still say, look, all we have to do is win this game against Washington and we're We're still in the hunt. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been calling it. I think they're going to lose to Cal. I've been calling it since the summer. So, (laughs) but I mean, but this, this game to me, I mean, it's, it's really, I could see them beating Utah, but then losing to Cal. Yeah. But but either way, all they have to do is win one of these games and then they just, you know, they can still look at like, Hey, we're still in that. We've got Washington at home. Let's try and put it together, and we're right where we need to be. That's true. So they have they have plenty to play for. Right? They're not yes. ready to mail it in, but I guess we'll see how they respond uh, to getting destroyed. Yeah, I mean, I I just I hope they lose. I hope they lose these next two games, and then they just and then we just physically just push them around, and then they just mail it in, like in the second quarter. You know, yeah, and it just becomes a blowout. <laughs> I'd be thrilled with that result. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I'd still rest our guys, and then you know, basically we have, you know, Utah at home, Oregon State after that. I mean, I, I know the Cougs will play us, to, but we're, there's no way we're going to fucking lose that game. It, it seems it seems highly highly unlikely. Uh, but I I want I would like Tuli back for USC, yes, and I would like yes. McMillan. I would like McMillan back for USC too. Yes, to just point, to give you some comfort. Yeah, I mean, to your point, like with McMillan, the offense is just you know, it's sky's limit, right? It's a it's a, it's a little capped without McMillan. But I mean, like we said, Giles stepped in, played really well. So you know, and obviously with the physical game with Utah, e- even with Oregon's deep, I mean, did. Penix only got touched one time. I guess he was technically sacked on that one where he threw the ball away, kind of fell awkward on his knees. I think that yeah. was technically a sack, wasn't it? Yes. But that I was that I feel like that's the only time he even took a hit, even in the Oregon game. Do you yeah. recall seeing him get hit much? I don't think he did. I mean, he might have taken some shots like after he but I don't think he like ended up taking any like really big shots. Right, he, he, he got knocked on the ground. Yeah, or like crushed or anything. Like that's the thing. Like Penix has not been crushed by any team. Like where he's just you know took a beating. Um, you know, is Utah potentially that that team to do it? I, I, I don't see it just because the way we play offense. But I certainly don't want him to take any big hits against Utah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, or like anybody. I said, I mean, hopefully USC, hopefully that game becomes a joke. And it's not and a physical game. And, you know, we can, I know I'm getting way ahead of myself from sounding <laughs> way too much like a dude. Well, but look, I I'm said, just, dude, I just think, yeah, you know, you're, you're right. That team looks like it's in shambles and that, that's what I'm thinking. And where's the, where does do they, they're at Utah. No, they got Utah at home, which makes it really interesting. Oh, they do. They have Utah at home. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I'll be very. I'll, I'll definitely tune in for that. I'd be very. I am very curious to see that game play out. Because yeah, if they get 
if they if they lose to Utah, uh, then you know then some of that mental mailing it in for Caleb might be there where he might be moving on. Yeah, I mean he's not quite there after one loss. And to your point, they have no conference losses, plenty to play for. They come into Washington undefeated in conference play. Yeah, that that win or against here, us would be and, huge. And here's here's one scenario: Caleb gets injured in this Utah game, and then he just shuts it down. There's that certainly. There's oh, and Utah beat them twice last year, right? They beat them in the championship game. They beat them at home, right? Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot for USC to play here, coming off a, a terrible loss and then also losing twice to Utah last year. So if they can't if they can't muster a victory out of this game, yeah, they're gonna be. You're right. They're yeah, they're gonna be in real trouble. Real trouble. They're I mean, gonna they're have. Gonna, a, yeah, they're gonna know it's over if they can't win this game. Yeah, yeah. So this there's a lot on the line uh, for them obviously and for utah too i mean whittingham's not going to have these they're not quitting under whittingham no they have a really good mindset i mean he he he's built a good mindset in this program yes they, they so. have an excellent culture as does oregon state yeah and yeah, yeah the thing about oregon state just i really wish that game was at washington this year would you you know but we got oregon you know, at home this year, so yeah, I guess we can't we can't ask for everything. Can we? Uh, can we take a break for a minute, bro? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, uh, do we need a transition? Well, we could transition into a little Is bit. About it. Yeah, I just want to touch a couple things on ASU, and I want to touch on the defense, uh, but. Let's go into ASU first. Yeah, I was just going to comment. We, I didn't realize. Yeah, we're zero and two the last two years against them. They actually lead the series twenty two seventeen. But uh, boy, that's embarrassing. I mean, it's it is embarrassing. I was going to say, ASU's offense only produces three hundred forty three yards per game, <laughs> two fifty eight in the air, eighty five on the ground. Ouch. Uh, ESPN matchup predictor has us as a 97.3% chance to a victory. They lost to Colorado 27-24, lost to Cal 24-21, USC 42-28. They lost to Fresno State 29-0, and then Oklahoma State 27-15. Boy. That's not pretty. That's not pretty. I mean, we we should feel really good about this game, even even after last year where we thought, you know, we should have won that game. Or going into that game, we definitely felt like we should have won or, you know, should win that game. They've only played one road game, which is weird so far. Oh, yeah, only at Cal. At Cal. Um, yeah. I think one thing, if you notice, the scores aren't terribly high. Looking at the metrics, their defense in FEI is number 56. Mm. So it's not, um, not not horrible. Yeah, not horrible. Like Cal's not defense great. is number Cal's defense is number 61 as a comparable. Wow. Okay. Uh, um, but Arizona State's offense in FEI, 102. Yeah. So not good. Yeah. Yeah. Not so if, good. You, if you, yeah. Uh, so if you, you know, if you think this is going to kind of be like a lull for us, then it's not going to be like a super high scoring game. I mean, looking you know, at their you, offense, I think well, they have no, the, I think they have no run game basically. Well, yeah, they're only averaging 85 yards a game on the ground. So, yeah, it's – they're only getting 258 through the air when you compare it to Washington. They're thrown for 400 yards per game, rushing for 119 uh, versus their 85. So, they their defense, though, yards allowed is, 
is less than ours, 339 to 394. Um, but, you know, we're, we average over 200 more yards of offense in comparison to theirs. I, I think they're probably going to have a t- difficult time stopping us and scoring on us. Yeah, th- this is going to be a game where we should see. I mean, they're going to have to. Th- we should see a pass rush. Yep. Yeah. Do, do we do we see Dylan Morris make an appearance in this game? Yeah, probably in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I I agree. Is there is there anything that concerns you about this game? Because you know we are in full full Duke mode, and we're we we keep looking pretty far down the line <laughs> in the schedule. Is there anything worrisome to you about the Arizona State game? Uh, I'm glad we're covering this. Uh, do we do we know that the game is at seven thirty? Yes. I mean, yes. as long as the as long as the bus doesn't crash into lake washington on the way to the game um i mean well at all seriousness i mean if if i want to manufacture worry it would be their defense is not bad Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to pull up let me uh, pull up to see what's see what's working for them as far as their uh uh let's see here Okay, so total defense, yards per play. Oh, I guess, you know, they've been half decent at preventing explosives. They're number four in yards per play defense. In, in uh, the Pac-12? Yeah. Um, Let me see what number schedule they've played. That's not schedule adjusted. Uh, Let me see here. Arizona State. In Sagarin, they are number 93. Wow. They've played the number 49 schedule. Um, What am I looking? Okay, passing defense. Let's see. Okay, let's look at... Uh, they don't have an interception on the year. Wow. The only team, only team in the league without an interception. Um, yards per attempt. Let's see. 6.5. Oh, that's not, it's not half bad. Let me see what their rating is. Uh, yeah. I mean, their defense is not, their defense is not terrible. And we've had our struggles against them. Yeah. (laughs) So I, yeah, I think. You know, I think if our offense comes out a little flat, it could be sure. That, that was one be, thing I was thinking. It could be low scoring in the first half. Yeah, how do how that. do we respond after a big emotional win? And you got to wait at, all day to play the game. Yeah. Um Let's see their rush defense. No, not not terrible. Um, yeah, so I think, let me look at their offense here. Yards per play. Oh, wow. They're number 11 in yards per play offense. Let me look at their offense. Explosive plays, long scrimmage plays, um, 20 yard plays. Yeah, they're near, they have, yeah, their offense doesn't really have any explosion. Let me see if they defend that. Opponent long scrimmage plays. Um, yeah, I mean they're doing a half decent job at preventing, um, preventing explosive plays on defense. So I guess the biggest worry is if we come out flat, we let them hang around. Yeah, you know, I mean we if we gotta... come out, if we come out flat on offense, but they're yeah, but I mean their offense is bad. Like this should be. You know, obviously, it's it's likely to be a blowout. You know, we could give up some late points, but if we're thinking about this, like in the third quarter, they should not have more than ten points. That seems reasonable to me. Like if we if we 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 have a pretty good performance, you know, it'll probably be 
35 to 10 in the third quarter or or you know if you think like the cal game it could be you know it could be like 45 to 10 you know or well i I really hope the crowd something like that i hope the crowd shows up you gotta you know a close to full stadium in there you know give them the emotional boost for this game yeah but i i mean they yeah they're they lost guys in the transfer portal I mean, they are coming off a bye, so they'll probably try harder at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, they got a little rest. They're going to have two weeks to prepare. You know, they're watching but, a lot of film. Yeah, but number 93 in Zagarin and then number 87 in FEI. You know, in FEI, they're like four spots above Tulsa. Wow. And that's, okay. a, that's opponent adjusted. So this is not... I mean, there, even, if we're far, even if we're farting around, this should be... right. A, 24 point victory gotcha yeah well espn likes us yeah i i yeah i mean i i would think i forget what i predicted but i would you know i like to be contrarian and you know i lean towards DeBoer will have this team ready to you know kick the shit out of them and that was the other thing like it's like we're you have some ptsd being a husky fan it's like when's the other shoe gonna drop like this is too good to be true I mean, you know, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to distance myself from like epic disappointment and just like you know waiting for the worst because of letdown. You know, it's like things are aligning so incredibly well. Um, I got to just roll with it and know, yeah, the the board's like an amazing coach, and he has these guys mentally in the right place. Yeah, and I think just the camaraderie of the team and just the yeah. how close they are and like all the things we talked about on the off season that you can't model or put right. into any formula or projection exactly yeah it just feels something just feels different about this team uh the confidence and the camaraderie and penix's like he, he says everything right publicly and it seems like he backs that up you know, privately and with the team where he's just like the total team guy and guys want to play for him. That That's just so important, right? And, and then you look at, you compare it to like a USC where they just seem disjointed. They're playing desperate. Something seems off about them. I, I don't know anything about Caleb Williams, what kind of teammate he is. But some of his just sideline demeanor is just off he, to me. Yeah, he just seems like a selfish guy. He does. He he does. He kind of has that air about him, and especially the fact that he's coming out and putting out there that he wants stake ownership in the team that drafts him. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah, that is. I mean that that's that, a red that team. Flag. Yeah, that team is really close to being a dumpster fire. It 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 feels like it to me. So I, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be very interesting to see uh, how they come out this weekend. Um, so, and yeah, and with respect to us, um, I obviously we'd like to see the defense get a shutout every game, but like that would be cool. You know, you're, you're coming, obviously everybody's focused on, you know, the defense had, had a, I mean, it exceeded a lot of people's expectations last week. It went up in the metric, it went up in the metrics. You're playing a conference opponent, you know, they do have some good talent, but they're bad. The offense is, you know. 104 and FEI or whatever it is, just come out and like shut these guys out. Like, I want to see, you know, like at halftime, like it's 28 to zero. Or, yeah, you want to see, you domination. know, yeah, when like national people they're watching, you know, they're what they're watching the game or they're looking at the scores before they go to bed. It's like, oh, Washington's up 35 to three in the third quarter. Yep. Like, you know, I, I want to see that, not like 42 to like 24. Right. You want to see it. But I, I'm kind of, I'm not saying I'm sent. It's like a combination of like a little bit of sense or just a combination of sense and hope for the yeah. defense. Like you're playing a bad offense. You're going to be at home. You know, you're, you're jacked up. You're, you're coming off you know, a huge win. Just shut these guys out. Just don't give these yeah. guys anything. It's a bad offense. Just fucking shut them out. Like that's, yeah, put- you know, that's really dominating. And I, I feel, you know, I have to watch the. I'll watch the game again, but I, I feel like, and I said it the the non the non stars on defense like you were getting good play from a lot of the rule guys. 
Absolutely. I mean, like MJ Alley, he's going to have more confidence. Like Dom Hampton, he had a really good game. He's going to have more confidence. They step on their throat. You know, another statement game for the defense. Yeah, get some uh, sacks, you know, cause a fumble. And, you know, when I was talking about the national media, you know, I, I saw a clip on Feinbaum and Heather Dinich, I think her name is. I mean, she had, she had Washington number one. I saw that. Yeah, Feinbaum had us, what, number four. He felt like a few other teams could be interchanged at that spot. But, you know, like, this team's being recognized as being very good. They got a lot of great pieces. You know, you come out with the confidence and the swagger. You know you're good, but, you know, play good, sound football. Don't don't get lost in, you know, arrogance and sloppiness, right? I And I, I feel like this team's on a mission. So I feel like they'll be ready to play. But it does feel like I'm, <laughs> I, play, I haven't played a snap. I'm still emotionally invested in that last game in, in, in a little bit. And just like going back and looking at that insane recap video that you've put out with, you know, the Kurt Cobain song oh, you know, yeah. the start video. I mean, that even, was <laughs> even national people were like falling all over themselves, tweeting about how great the video was. Oh, man, that was epic. I mean, that's probably the single greatest marketing content they put out of UW ever. Wow. Yeah. Oh. I mean, this is just. This is a, and I know you were saying flash in the pan, but you keep, you keep DeBoer around, right. You know, for another 10 or 15 years, you're, you're going to, we're going to have some other, we're going to have some other seasons like this. It's not going to be a flash in the pan. No, no, I totally agree with you. I mean, clearly next year will be a rebuilding season to some, you know, to a large degree. I mean, you can still be a, a good or very good team, but you know, when you're an elite team, we're going to lose. When you're an elite team and you lose a lot of talent, you're going to take a step back. Like this is an elite football team. Well, look, you you're not going to have obviously not going to have Penix. You're not going to have Odunze. I mean, McMillan could come back. I mean, this injury is going to put him in a situation to to think about if he played a full season and he had the season that we expect him had, I mean, you would say he's gone, right? But if you do come back with Polk, McMillan, Bernard, uh I think Giles Jackson's done, right, after this year. Uh it depends how many games he plays. Okay. Yeah. So but yeah, you're gonna still take a step back. Obviously a quarterback replacing Penix is gonna be a a huge deal. They lose font now too, right? Uh at the left tackle spot. Rosengarten's only a sophomore. I mean Yeah, Ro- Rosengarten good- could come back. F- Fautano or however you pronounce he's it. Gone, yeah, he's gone. Right? He's gone. He's gone. So but yeah, I mean next year's gonna be Anyway, slice it, losing Penix, it's gonna be tough. You're gonna. But I, I but I hope Mc, I hope McMillan is. I hope this is his last year because if that's that would mean he gets healthy and he's you know he's able to play another well, sure. five Fair. or six games. So like at this point, I don't want him to come back because that would you know because we need him to go where we want to go. No, for sure, I'm with you 100. percent With you 100 percent there. Absolutely. And, what What's and, the status on Dylan Johnson? Um, but it was he injured. Well, I'm just saying, is he? Does he have another year of eligibility after this year? I think he. Uh, I think he does. Let me let me look that up. Because obviously, retaining him and his services would be important for next year. Because that yeah, definitely he's a, he's a junior. Yeah, he could come back. I mean, does I don't he? It would probably be in his best interest to return. Um, yeah. I think I don't. I don't know that this would be the year for him to come up in the NFL. But he that would be a huge lift for the offense if you kept Dylan Johnson. Obviously, you have Polk. You have uh, well, Bernard. Polk is probably he'd probably. He'll probably you think leave. he's going to bounce? Yeah, I mean, I think if you have this kind of a season, you know, new quarterback. Yeah. yeah. And speaking just, of that, wide receiver, like, we, we got to be uh, – Jeremy probably – he'll probably sit this week. So you'll probably see more, you know, perhaps a little bit more of a run uh, a run game, or you'll, you'll get 
you know, one reason we didn't throw as much to the tight ends last game is because we probably used them in protection more than usual. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this, this could be a game where, you know, you get more throws to the tight ends. Maybe we, you know, hopefully we get ahead and, you know, just do a lot of running in the second half. Yeah. And (laughs) again, just coming back, it was to the Tybo situation where he doesn't get any run all game and he comes in on that fourth down play (laughs) just all of it just seems uh a little perplexing i mean it was even warm right had he just been standing around on the sideline the whole time like are you are you are you ready to roll are you ready to get out there yeah i mean that's people don't realize that like when you're not playing and you're just standing around like you're not warm and you're not necessarily like I guess you could think you're could go in at any moment, but you hadn't played for the entire game. It just anyway, it doesn't matter now. But the more I think about some of those plays, just wow. <clears throat> but you know, I did take in a little bit of like the game day footage. It did look incredible. I didn't realize how good it looked. I went back and looked at the game day uh, Twitter page and. That was impressive. Those to, guys to were having they were having a really good time. Yeah, and the fish throwing stuff. Yeah, I mean it. They that was that was a good look. I, I'm so pissed. I didn't record. I didn't record game. I day. know. Me too. I didn't. I was trying to look on my. I fucking forgot to. And I, I didn't to look on my record. YouTube TV. I didn't want. I didn't. Are they going to replay the game on ESPN? Because I want to watch the entire broadcast. Yeah, apparently on ESPNU, um, they're yeah they were already replaying it as like a classic. Oh, they were. Shoot. Yeah. Damn it! Well, because well, somebody, I, I, I think I, I think there's it was floating around. So let me. I think there's a link, like a Google link. I'll I'll find it and send it to you. That would be great. Yeah, please do because um, you should get I, YouTube I TV hear- so you can record this stuff. Well, I ha- I can record it on on I got Comcast. Oh yeah, yeah I can you can record stuff on there. So, right. but yeah, I, but I just I like YouTube TV because it's just like a couple clicks. Fair enough. Fair but, enough. You know, I spend a good portion of my life staring at a screen anyway. So, <laughs> excuse me. Well. You know, we've probably come to the end of this uh, little pod. Unless you got, unless you got any other uh, insights you want to bring to the just, table. Yeah, just a little bit more on the defense. We don't need to spend too long, but you know, the, the comparison to twenty nineteen LSU. I looked at the FEI. Um, they played as people know. They played a really, really hard schedule, so that really boosted their FEI. So. They obviously had the number one offense. I looked at the actual statistic, and theirs was quite a bit higher than ours. And again, I lo- actually, I looked at the nominal statistic, so not adjusted by the schedule, and ours was like identical to where theirs was. But they played, again, they played like seven top 25, some, like a really ridiculous schedule. But, you know, more importantly, they're de- so. FEI, we have we're number four in FEI right now, number one offense, number 28 defense. Mm-hmm. LSU in 2019, their defense was number eight. Mm-hmm. So again, there's this idea that they had some bad defense. You look at the advanced metrics, they actually had a very good defense. So number eight. But looking at some other um let's see. Um I thought I had it here. Um, oh, okay, here it is. Okay, so here are just some other years and playoff teams. So Alabama in 2020, you know, that weird COVID year, they won the whole thing. They had an insane offense, number one, but their defense was number 22. Now, we know mm-hmm. in 2017, Alabama beat Georgia, but Georgia barely beat Oklahoma. So, it, you know, it very well could have been Oklahoma National Championship. Their D was number 56 that year in FBI. Wow. Uh, Alabama in 2015, a little bit different. You know, they were still defensive minded. They had the number one defense, but the number 20 offense. Now, us in 2016, we had number five offense and number five defense. But looking at these things, Jimmy, what they tell me is 
it's better to have a really, really good unit than to be balanced. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, like if we had to give you an example, like if we had, let's say we had the number three offense, but we had the number 18 defense. Yeah. We'd be a more balanced. Like, I mean, Oregon, for example, they have the number, um, let me look. Uh, so they have the number 20 defense, the number five offense, you know, they're number six. So they're a couple of spots below us, but it, it's, it's, it's better with the way the sport has been going. It's better to have one unit. And at this point, the offense It's better to have the number one offense and like, you know, the number 25 defense, then, well, we have the right. number six, we have the number six offense and we have the number 11 defense. So, right. you know, yes, like being balanced and, you know, more well-rounded as a football team, like, you know, that's you generally want that, but based on what we're seeing on the field and what, you know, some of these past national champions and playoff teams had as far as their statistics, um, you know, having that, having that number one offense, that means a lot, you know, you, in that scenario, you don't have to have a top 10 defense. I love it. Yeah. Thinking about the number one offense. Incredible. I mean, that's incredible. No, you called it. You said we could have the best offense in school history. Yeah, I did. And the last couple, I mean, we're, the last two weeks, we don't have Jalen. Like if, if we have Jalen, yeah. you could probably add another, at least another touchdown or 10 points to our output. The last, so that's why it's so, God, so important to get him back. Yeah, that we need him. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's so hard to believe he's hurt. It's just hard to believe, you know, he's hurt. Yeah, it, getting him back is just going to mean so much to this offense even more. Yeah, the get let's get him healthy. Get him in the cold tubs, you know. Cold, cold yeah. You know, find find some guy, you know, some healer in some other part of the world to fly him over. You know. Maybe they can get that statue from Major League. You know, Joe oh, yeah, Boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Find Joe Boo. Give him a cigarette and some whiskey. Give See what some, kind of magic he can do. Give, give him some shots of cortisone. Yeah, something. Yeah, we, we definitely need him back. Without a doubt. But with that said, I I also, I mean, as every other fan wants, want to see the defense continue to improve you know let's let's shut down these sun devils yeah let's do it let's let's uh let's shut them down get Penix out of the game you know third quarter at some point let dylan morris finish it out yeah and just fucking jump on these guys in the first quarter yeah just just this should be 28 nothing early in the second quarter and they know it's over just boat race their ass yeah just demoralizing right out of the gate any uh any last words brother no i'm all, I'll, I'll no i'll be ready to roll for the next run next next pod all right so, well uh great work on our second one of the week this is pretty clean yeah we'll take it we'll take it all right dog fans thanks for tuning in we'll talk to you guys again soon